Hey, howdy, hey, John here. We're going to kick things off in just a moment, but before we do, please remember that the stories contained on this show belong exclusively to the people who wrote them. Using these stories for any reason without the author's consent is no bueno, and that's Spanish. Any similarities between these stories and previous published works is purely coincidental unless otherwise specified. Now, on with the show. everybody and welcome to parallel words episode 14 i'm your host john jagger joined as always except when he's not by aaron green aaron green <laughs> how are you man always gonna rub that in my face yeah, aren't you you know you missed two shows that's all it you takes know, to get a running we've only game had, we've only had 15 so uh no we haven't even had 15 we've had 14 where's my brain you just said it too. It's in the future. Yes, I'm actually speaking to you from sometime in November. Well, That's how I know you'll be here next week. This is true. That's for sure. Yes. Great. Or will I? <laughs> no, yeah, I'll totally be here. Okay, good. Hi, John. How are you? I'm Hi. doing great. Yeah. All right. <laughs> We're off to a stellar beginning. Oh, it's spectacular. Uh, this show was going to be live streamed. I just wanted to tell you that. Oh. It's not. You're not oh. live in any capacity. That's good. Yeah. I was I was worried for a moment there. But it was going to be. Oh. You got to let me this know this ahead of time, man. Well, I figured I would tell you if it was going to be a thing. But with it not being a thing, I figured okay. I would just tell you during the show. You know, because that's professional. That is professional. But do you know what we should possibly do? What? We should make our next episode our live stream. Oh, man. Yeah, we it's should. Number, we it's totally number 15. Should. We need to try and record a little earlier mm-hmm. and do it live. We're yeah. going to do it live, as Bill O'Reilly would say. <laughs> Doing I'm sure live. we would be able to rig that, do it a little bit earlier. Yeah, I can do that. I'm for it. All right. Estoy bien. Yeah, Spanish. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> just it's what I do. People speak another language around me. I just point it out. You're like, hey, I know what that is. I That's offer, a different language. I offer no That's reaction to what they said. I don't confirm or deny that I understood it. I simply point out that it was a language that was different from mine. Uh, that's terrible. Hey, kids, and, that's and Spanish. <laughs> the word of the day is Spanish. Spanish. Espanol. What does it mean? It means Spanish. So, Aaron, I'm excited about tonight. John, I am too. I'm always excited when we record, though. Well, me too, but I'm extra excited tonight. Ask me extra. why. Why, John? Why are you extra excited? I think we got some great stories tonight. I think they turned out really well this time, too. They did. I'm not as excited about my own, but I think it was a pretty good idea. I liked that, it. That I, that I really maybe liked wish it. I had another week to work on. Oh, well, you know, but again, you know, as you have mentioned before, these are these are living documents to us essentially. We can always go back to them later. It's true. And when we finish, oh, hey, you know what? I forgot yes. to tell you. You forgot to tell me. 
we are continuing horror month. Horror month. <laughs> <laughs> Just gonna keep adding to it. Is it, bad that, is it bad that I wanted to all of a sudden just start going? <laughs> I think that might confuse people as to why why just that was part your, your of the horror. Bit. It's just that's the sound that it makes <sighs> when he's breaking bricks and stuff, and that just <sighs> that's what that sounded like to me. I'm pretty sure if I sing any more of that song, we get sued by Nintendo. Oh, okay, duly noted. Yeah, just I don't know if that's true. It seems it's, like it'd be true. I don't know. It's possible. I don't know. They're not Disney, you. but wave a mushroom in your face. Everything's Disney now. It is. Disney, Disney owns, owns everything. You know what bugs me? I don't like when people say Disney owns my childhood. I hate that saying, and I kind of want to smack people who say it. I've never heard someone say that before. I've heard way too many people say that. I mean, I've heard people reference it in saying that, like, you know, Disney was an important part of their childhood or something to that effect. And that I can understand. I mean, I've watched, you know, my fair share of uh, Disney movies in my youth uh, and in my last week or so. Uh, But at the same time, owned their childhood. Well, I think what they mean is that now that Disney owns Marvel and Disney owns Star Wars, they feel like, oh, they own everything I cared about as a kid. Mm. Everything I remember from childhood, they own now. And it's like, so what? What have they done wrong with it so far? Damn having all of that Disney money behind projects that you you care about. What? What? Heaven forbid... they made it so George Lucas can't make any Star Wars movies oh, again. Oh, God. They should earn a Nobel Peace Prize for <laughs> that in and of itself. I mean, I get that there was, you know, uh, the, the person who won it or it was, you know, someone who's working with, you know, was it Torture Victims? Was that this year's? Or was that something else? What? What are you talking about? The person who won the Nobel Peace Prize this year? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember exactly. I keep but... waiting for it to be me, and until it is, I'm just paying <laughs> enough attention. But that was uh, that was a genius move, uh, because I think George Lucas, as much as the things that he created are near and dear to my heart, uh, he just doesn't seem to be able to leave well enough alone. Yeah, he can't do it anymore. And then back to the show. <laughs> <laughs> and now a word for Rama from our sponsors. Hey, kids, do you like bananas? And cigarettes? <laughs> well, smoke this. <laughs> <laughs> then you're going to love it when I put something in your mouth. Oh, God. Oh, Children's programming's gotten real Too dark. far. <laughs> what? Too far. You don't know what he was talking about. Yeah, well, I can assume... Look, you know what? Cigarettes will actually kill you, but nobody got upset about that one. Because everybody knows that, and there's no phallic symbolism implied <laughs> by the statement that by by cigarettes. Well, I suppose but maybe there is some, but not as much as the, here, they put this in your mouth. <laughs> maybe it was an ice cube. I don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was the actor, Ice no. Cube. <laughs> ice Cube? <laughs> 
He shows up places. Yeah, he does, and a startling amount, like a startlingly high number of places. He's entertaining. I like. He him. is. I like him. He's been in some very, very good movies. Yeah. That's all we have to say on the subject of Ice Cube. Yeah, because he's could also probably be kind of scary if uh, but you for know someone what? named he's, after frozen ice. He's kind of not. Frozen ice, frozen water. That's what that's called. Like He always gets very likable parts, at least the stuff I've seen him in, because he comes across as such a likable guy. Yeah. But he's crazy. got that scowl. Yeah, he does. But He's got a scowl. If he scowled at me, I'd feel like I deserved it. <laughs> like, I wouldn't be like, oh, I mean, I might be a little worried, but I'd feel like, you know, I ultimately this was coming to me. This is because of my behavior. Reap the fruits of your labor. <laughs> it's through no fault of his that I'm getting the scowl, scowl. of Ice Cube. <laughs> it's going to be our uh, our Dungeons and Dragons campaign, I think. <laughs> the scowl of ice cube. Yes, the scowl of ice cube. Except they're gonna call him Permacube. I cast magic missile. Magic missile is a good spell; it never misses. Nice. And as somebody who's played uh, a good chunk of D and D, not missing is really nice. Biggest complaint about D and D: you miss all the fucking time. <laughs> I have to wait 30 minutes to take a turn because we got to go around the table and have a ton of people try and figure shit out. And then it finally gets to my turn and I've got it planned out because I've been looking ahead, anxiously awaiting for half an hour. And then I miss and then I get to relive this process. And by the way, all that setup and worrying that takes 30 minutes as other players go, they're all missing too. Monsters never miss. Bastard. If you could see an actual D&D fight take place, it would look really dumb. <laughs> it would just be a bunch of people just it's like the worst fight choreography ever. You just see fireballs flying over people's heads, arrows zinging past people's heads, swords just like going wide in their arcs. Maybe maybe that's why the stormtroopers were so terrible. <laughs> they were as they, they were all operating off of a Dungeons and Dragons dice roll system. They were off, operating on a D twenty. <laughs> They're like, uh, your blasters—they never need ammo. You'll be able to shoot them nonstop. But understand, the accuracy is determined on a D twenty system. They're like, that sounds good. They're like, yeah, you would think that, but <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, surprisingly inaccurate there. Uh, for what's going on, Enorm? Turns out you're rolling against reflex, and uh, all the stuff you're going to be fighting has exceptionally high reflex, so it's just going to be a little rough. <laughs> so, uh, you have some, uh, you have fun there. <laughs> They're just, fun there. just like, have you gotten to shoot your gun yet? No, but I don't know. It seems fine, I guess. Oh, look, some guys. I guess. Oh, look, some plucky teenagers. <laughs> But I just imagine, like, they he's like, you know, I accidentally shot myself with this thing. It's just kind of a warm light. I started using it to heat my coffee in the morning. He's <laughs> like laser pointers. It's not, even, it is. it's not even as good as my coffee maker. I have to shoot it, like, 80 times just to get it lukewarm. Someone's like, <laughs> what's so funny? Lukewarm. <laughs> kind of, hey, hey, 
Get it? Get hey, out. hey, Reggie. What? Uh, what temperature is the inside of a tauntaun? I don't know what. Lukewarm. That was fucking horrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. It's an adorable Star Wars joke you can tell children. <laughs> uh, uh, that's bad. All right. That's bad. No, that was bad, and you should feel bad. And other <laughs> memes related bad. to your badness. I'm not going to feel bad. I'm not going to apologize for you being here. I didn't say you needed to apologize for being here. I said you needed to apologize for a terrible joke. Hey, Aaron. Hey, what? What's the temperature of the inside of a tauntaun? Shut the fuck degrees Celsius. <laughs> Fair enough. Moving on. Hey, no, no, no. Before we move on. Okay. I do have a joke for you. It's not Star Wars related, but I think you'll get a kick out of it. Okay. Let's hear it. What do mountains talk about? I don't know. A range of topics. Come on, that was good, and you know it. <laughs> you know it. You you were laughing, but you had it muted. <laughs> yeah, that's what I didn't want to blow people's. Shh. I didn't want to blow Shh. people's ears out. Shh. That laughter. Why are we whispering? You used to really bug people when I did that to them. I used to shush people all the time. It was fun. I do it in class. Ah, oh, shushing people is the best. I need to go back to it. They're just trying to ask me a question, and they're like trying to legitimately <laughs> find out some information. And I just look at them, just like shh, shh, shh. <laughs> that's but, the, but, that's but the Mr. Trick. Gr- shh, 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 no, 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 shh. Be quiet. <laughs> the just, more earnest no, no, they no, are. Just, shh, 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 just stop. Sorry, I just want to tell you the more earnest, just, shh, 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 more earnest they are, the more fun it is. Shh, shh, I got it out. You can't silence. Oh my gosh, Aaron. What? Did you just say stories? I said stories. Stories? Indeed. All right, let's talk about them. <laughs> <laughs> Best segue in the history of anything. Except for Job's segue. His segue was nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> boop, boop, boop. This week's uh, theme was to take a classic Universal-style horror monster, you know, Frankenstein, Dracula, the Wolfman, Creature from the Black Lagoon. I could go on, but there's no real reason. Yeah, there's no real reason. Uh, And reinvent them either for the modern era or do a new take on them. Mm -hmm. You know, put your own spin on it. And it turns out that's pretty much exactly what both of us did this week. Uh, we we took two classic horror monsters and we <laughs> and did... we followed the prompt. Yeah, without stretching it too far. Listen, to the point people, of almost breaking. This is a first. Aaron and I both really stuck to the prompt on this one, and it's kind of scary. Yeah, I actually think our stories are both actually kind of scary in their own way. Yeah. Uh, Yours has a lot of humor in it, though. It, it, it did. I couldn't. I couldn't not. I felt that having the humor involved with it almost made it a little creepier. 
so I really did want to stick with that kind of goofiness to it. Yeah, I it had a very uh, it had a very Buffy element to it where it was, and I use that as the highest praise possible. Where oh, well, thank it you. is a a scary thing, but. Uh, you know, you've got horror, you've got these crazy things going on, but mm-hmm. there's situations that you just kind of have to laugh about mm-hmm. at the same time. So anyway, I don't want to give too much away before we get into it, <laughs> um, which I'm already starting to do. So let's let's get away from that, and I will let okay. you go ahead and intro your story. All right. Uh, so my story this week uh, is called Modern Medicine. Uh, I decided that I wanted to touch base on the frankenstein model or more specifically frankenstein's monster uh but i actually focused on a different element than is usually focused on when you're looking at kind of the whole uh resurrecting the dead as a cobbled together flesh golem type of a thing i uh i focused on a very different aspect of it. And it was one that I hadn't necessarily seen before. Uh, and I felt I've been doing a lot of really serious ones as of late. And that's not always my, uh, necessarily the style that I tend to super enjoy going into. And while I do like being really dark, seriousness has its place. I just felt that this one fit really, really well with doing something absolutely ridiculous and i i think i pulled it off uh uh, in in several ways there so yeah yeah that's that's the direction that i went with it i suppose all right and so we are going to let everybody hear that and uh, we'll be back to talk about that in just a few moments modern medicine by aaron green the small town. It had been called many things, but none of the older ones mattered anymore. Now it was simply called Icarus. It was a thriving New England community, complete with its own radio station, two grocery stores, and a brand new CVS pharmacy, the building of which had been a topic of much debate among the townspeople for several months. Julie and Richard Bennett were quite outspoken about the dangers of letting in outside commercial interests, but after it had been built, even they conceded it really was very convenient. Crime rates were low, and student testing scores were high. The local council had deemed it a lovely place to live. Despite all the accolades it often received, Jonah Wiseman was not feeling the town of Icarus very lovely at the time. But that was less of a state of his opinion toward the town, and more about the fact that he was currently bleeding into the carpet of his well-furnished townhome on the east side. Damn, he thought, I really should have upgraded to the stain-resistant Berber. He would never hear the end of it. Patricia would be furious. At least, she would have been, had she not been laying in a similar puddle of viscera to his left, her eyes glassy and fixed on a point somewhere off to his left. The sound of running water, followed by heavy footsteps, resounded from down the hall. "'You really do have a lovely home, Jonah,' 
said a voice from behind him. "'Can I call you Jonah? You don't mind, do you? I mean, we've become so close as of late.' A hand gripped his shoulder and flipped him onto his back. Above him stood a man of average height and weight, with patches of distinguishing gray about his temples. The man's kindly face was partially hidden behind a clear splash-guard mask, and he wore a thick black apron about his body. "'I promise,' the man continued. "'It may seem as though the situation is rather an unfortunate one, but it's all for a wonderful cause.' Jonah grunted questioningly, and the severed artery at his throat sent a comical spurt of gore into the air. The man's hand cupped Jonah's cheek softly, a look of genuine concern on his face. "'I know,' he said softly. "'I know about the diagnosis. I saw your doctor's notes in your file. It's truly unfortunate.' "'But,' he said, standing up and stretching his knees, which popped loudly, "'that's why I'm here, isn't it? To help.' Jonah gurgled a response. It's all very scientific and complicated, but I can help. I have a way. But it requires a bit of creativity. The corners of Jonah's vision began to blur slightly as more of his blood leaked from the two precise cuts across his neck and chest. You see, I have developed a foolproof cure. Cancer can be obliterated in a matter of years, the man continued excitedly. If only the unimaginative old phonies at the AMA could see beyond their own narrow views of medical science. The process is unorthodox, I know, but cancer is a result of life. It is cell reproduction gone haywire. So, in order to eliminate the issue, we eliminate the source. Jonah's eyes widened. It's only temporary. Besides, I'm sure you wouldn't want to be alive for the process anyway. I would think it would be quite painful if you were. The man looked down at Jonah, and a concerned expression slid down his features. You're worried, aren't you? Listen, you have nothing to worry about. I have had extensive practice with this procedure, and it has always, well, almost always, resulted in success. Now, we have to fill out a bit of paperwork, do you understand? Jonah slumped back and gurgled out a sigh as the man pulled a clipboard from a nearby table. The procedure has room for some certain modifications should you like to opt in. Nothing outrageous, simply a few alterations to streamline the form, perhaps enhance the overall aesthetic. Jonah coughed. Excellent! Glad to hear. I mean, if you're going to undergo the procedure anyway, why not go the whole nine yards, am I right? The man's voice came from far away now, traveling through a tunnel of rushing water and echoes to reach Jonah's ears. Well, the man said in a sing-song voice, I suppose there's nothing left to do but to get started. Jonah's vision had distorted into a lopsided fisheye lens, like the peephole of a door broken in by a squad of SWAT officers in a police raid. The man left the room briefly, and when he returned, he carried a large hacksaw and several extra-large Ziploc bags. He moved toward Jonah and lifted his right arm. And as he began sawing at the shoulder joint, he whistled a happy little tune that sounded vaguely Disney in origin. He was right, Jonah thought. Being dead certainly did numb the pain quite a lot, though it did feel a bit weird. 
Once he completed the removal of the right arm, securely placing it in one of the bags, the man began in on the left, followed by both legs at the hip, and finally at Jonah's head, where the neck met the torso. See? the man said, holding the severed head in front of him. That wasn't so bad, was it? Now, we just have to find the right pieces from the collection to stitch back together and you'll be right as rain. The man settled Jonah's head on an armchair in front of the television and switched on a rerun of Happy Days. Oh, he exclaimed, I love this one. He patted the head, making sure Jonah had a clear view of the screen, and began to work anew on Patricia. You really should have let them talk you into the stain-resistant Berber, he said. It's totally worth the money. All right, that is Aaron's story. And it was great. Oh, well, thank you. I just want to say that because I, I really, I think this might be, um, I think this might be my favorite story you've done. Really? Oh, thank you. That that makes me, uh, it makes me happy. I worked yeah. really hard on this one, trying to balance the creep factor with the comedy. Which, and I know that we've mentioned it before, but comedy is incredibly difficult to do. And I thought that kind of doing a juxtaposition of the horror with the funny and the mundane made it just click in that way that I was laughing and horrified at myself for writing it at the same time. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's one of those things where, you know, I, I think prior to this, one of my favorites of yours would probably be the one about the words killing people. Mm -hmm. I think I said as much at the time, I still probably like that concept as one of my favorite concepts you've ever done. But that's one of those where I'm like, man, I'd love to hear a story about that. This kind of felt like a complete thing. And and while I definitely think it could be expanded upon and could become its own thing for sure, um, this kind of told uh, enough of a story in and of itself where it was just like, oh, all right, I, I totally see where this was going. It was very self-contained, and it was a really neat idea. So... Uh, although for a while, because I didn't know what horror monster you were doing, and for a uh-huh. while I thought you were doing Dracula. I thought yeah. you were doing a re- uh, retake on on Dracula, and so yeah, I was that like, was, "That was kind of my." Uh, I, I wanted to I wanted to have a little bit of the suspense in there, like that was actually happening here for as long as I possibly could, and you know I hope that I tried to make it kind of a subtle reveal, uh, you know, way of, of saying it's as opposed to being the it's alive type of thing (laughs) right uh i wanted it to just kind of be the implication that you're gonna be stitched back together and you'll be back the the death is only temporary it's a side effect of the process and soon you'll be right as rain uh, i believe is what he uh the man says right and there was no weird like (laughs) and and not to say that it would have been corny because we were supposed to you know be reinventing to some degree so you know, the idea of him at some point being like, my name's Frankenstein or something like that wouldn't be totally across the line. But I would admit that, like, if you had put that in there somewhere and there was a part of me mm-hmm. as I was beginning to figure out it was Frankenstein, I was like, I sure hope this doesn't end with, like, call me Frankenstein or something yeah. like that. I don't I really don't want to read that. 
I thought of I thought of you know possibly doing that. Uh, it, were I going to do that, I would have done it like his name was Frank Stein. Ah, uh, and middle initial N. Yeah, something to that effect, <laughs> which would have made it a little bit more goofy. But at the same time, I didn't want to allude to it that heavily. I felt that the lighter touch was a little bit better than trying to beat your head, you know, beat, beat you over the head with the fact this is Frankenstein's monster type of a thing Right. Uh, at this point. So I thought that doing kind of right in the last few a few sentences, just kind of the implication that he was just going to stitch them all back together and do something, and they were going to be back. Uh, that was uh, that was my ultimate goal. I thought it was uh, it was a bit more fun that way. Well, and that's the hard thing when you're doing a, you know, and it's something that I'm sure filmmakers and writers are going through a lot of with you know our our fondness of reboots in this day and age. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that back at at the time seem totally okay Mm -hmm. that now has become such an integral part of our society that it's impossible to get away from so like if you're going to reboot frankenstein at some point you're going to have to call him frankenstein you know um, not necessarily in your story. I just mean in yeah. general. Like no, in general, there's got to be a reference to it at some you're, point. Or you're going to call him that. And the problem is, nowadays, that carries with it a lot of baggage. It's mm-hmm. had years and years to just pick up all this additional baggage of how we feel and how we react to it. All that it kind of comes across groofy, and... uh, goofy now. Not groofy. Yeah. It's groofy. groovy now, man. <laughs> Grooviest thing. But uh, it's just one of those weird, you know, kind of bumps in the road that you, you know, you hit when you're dealing with characters from, you know, historical literature and stuff like exactly. that. So, uh, but I thought ultimately you went the really smart route of just like, you know, let people figure out it's, you know, it's a Frankenstein's monster kind of deal on its own yeah. and just leave it at that. And yeah. I, I really dug it. Thank you, man. Again, it's... It was one of those ones where I sat down and I had this idea. So I was like, okay, now I want to do Frankenstein's monster. How how do I do it? And I just kind of started writing and I wanted to start it out. I kind of wanted to take the idea of just uh, – I wanted to have a mirror – yeah, of of the idea of you know kind of like the happy days thing, uh, as I kind of alluded to, and they were it was just like this nice little town, and everyone is it's just it's it's a, just a great place to live, and then immediately juxtapose that with the fact that this guy is lying bleeding in the middle of his living room all over the carpet, and the only thing that he can think of is man, I sure think it would have been a good idea for me to do the stain resistant carpet. Oh man, I'm never gonna hear the end of this from the wife, uh, type of a thing. Just right. That for some reason that image just stuck into my brain, and I'm like, "Whoop, there's my opening," and just kind of ran at it full bore from there. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely got that twisted feel, and it, it. I think starting it starts with a lot more horror than it ends with, and I think yeah. that's the right balance for it because you know when you get to the description, even though it's in a quasi comical kind of way where he's thinking about his carpet, mm-hmm. but when you when he's thinking about how his wife is going to yell at him, and then it talks about you know her bleeding out with her eyes, you know just 
glazed over staring at something you know that's yeah. horrific imagery it is. and uh i really i really liked that it walked that that kind of tightrope of not really falling too far to one side you know it doesn't go so far horror that when you're then goofy it's like well this is kind of dumb and it this doesn't is out of place yeah and it doesn't undo the horror with how silly it can be at times so it's a it's a striking balance um you know, let's uh, let's kind of dive into the technical de- details. You talked mm-hmm. a little bit about writing it. Uh, mm-hmm. You said that this was one you you spent a lot of time working on. How yeah. long did it take you to write it? Well, I rewrote it a couple of times, trying to get exactly what I was looking for. And I think if you're counting, and I, this is going to sound like super ridiculous when I said, oh, it was a long time that it took me. I think it probably took me maybe a grand total of three hours worth of work. Uh, but that was like gung-ho, like focused at the time, you know, over over a larger period of time. That I think would be, a bit, be the amount of time that I spent just like super focused on how I was going to do it. And it was a lot of going back through and saying, okay, am I going too goofy with it? Do I need to pull back? Am I going too, you know, horrifying with it? Do I need to pull back? And there was a lot of tweaking involved with some of the things. And, uh, again, I think I ultimately came to a good balance. Like you were, like you were saying, it's, it, it walks the line of really disturbing and quite jovial in a way. Yeah, uh, because the the genuine concern that the man apparently feels for this character Jonah, uh, and kind of jumping back uh, a couple of prompts, he really does have the absolute best of intentions, but it's relatively clear that he's kind of insane, right? So. Uh, you know the fact that he calls them you know, the AMA, the unimaginative old phonies, uh, and just you know their narrow views of medical science. Just this guy is a quack, and the fact that the procedure has always, well, almost always been a success. Hey, it's, I've got a good track record on this, right? But there's no elaboration on it. And I wanted to do that on purpose. It was all very just like. Well, what has he tried it on? Who has he tried it on? Uh, how many people in this town have been murdered horrifically only to be brought back to life, uh, <laughs> cobbled together with the bodies of other people? Like, where does this come from? Uh, and I I thought it was a it was a fun one to write. And while it took me a lot of kind of intense looking at, uh, I had just it was a blast. It was just a genuinely fun time to write. Very cool. And you also tend to be, um, you know, you try very hard to hit word limits and whatnot. So let me ask about the word limit. Where'd you land? I'm at exactly 1,000 words. Nice. It was, uh, I was worried. I was like, man, my track record is not doing so good right now because in the previous one, I had only hit... You know, I was like 40, 40 or so words away from the actual word limit, and I felt really bad about that. Uh, but this one, this one, I'm back to form and uh, hit exactly 1,000 words. Very nice. 
Congratulations, Aaron. You did it. Thank you. You get the medal again. Woo! The medal for anal retentive word count adherence. Yeah. <laughs> Even though technically anywhere, because uh, according to last week, our our goal was between nine hundred and a thousand words. So yeah, uh, technically I was at the upper end of it, but I was still stuck within it. So I'm gonna count it. You're gonna hate this week. Oh yeah. Yeah. We'll Did you go that. above or below? We'll, we'll get to that later. Oh, uh, oh, oh, oh no, because oh, no. oh. I don't worry about the word limit as much as I should. <laughs> I was I went way over. Okay. Not, I mean, I went about three hundred words over. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably a lot, but it's not. It's not great, but it's not terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's I I use it as a really good guideline. It could have been worse. Yeah, it could have been worse. And for the record, had I been able to rewrite it as many times as I wanted to, that would have been a lot tighter. Yeah. Anyway, we're but not talking about. We are mine pressed yet. for time. Yeah, exactly. Well, I don't see why we shouldn't talk about yours now. I think I think that we've we've gone over mine relatively well. You don't. Uh, you want anything in closing before we transition? Then. No, I'm, you know, I'm just I'm really glad that you uh, that you liked reading it, and I hope that everyone else enjoyed listening to it, and. I would love to hear from you one way or the other. Uh, That's true. We don't get a ton of feedback on the stories. No, I wish we had more. So those of you that are listening to us, let us know one way or the other via Twitter or email or ghost postal service. Find or us on the street. The ghostal service. Just run at us aggressively, waving your arms and be like, I thought that story was pretty okay. <laughs> ah. Like, you seem, who are you? you Doesn't seem matter. Very adamant for your kind of middle of the road opinion on the story. <laughs> um, all right, so we'll uh, we'll transition it over to me and uh, my story, which I chose to reinvent the Wolfman. I have always been a fan of the Wolfman. Um, I I've liked werewolves in general. I had to kind of start pretending I didn't when teenagers came in and tried to ruin them real bad teenagers (laughs) teenagers man they gotta come in they gotta touch our stuff and just (laughs) mess it all up teenagers this is why we can't have nice things (laughs) we can't have nice things you come in and sap it up vampire sparkles never ever ever Make something else sparkle. Go bedazzle some jeans. Leave our monsters alone. <laughs> now that I've made every teenager that might listen to this show angry, we'll touch whatever we want, old man. Touch. touch. <laughs> Stop touching our stuff. Touch. Now I know why old people get all Internet! Crotchy. Teenagers are touching my horror monsters. I'm not touching them. Pretty yes, soon, you are. Here's my prediction for the world. There's okay. going to be an Internet 2. Internet 2. It's going to be invented by uh, 30-somethings to create an Internet free of the influence of children. It's going to be a bit more sophisticated. <laughs> and by sophisticated, you mean even more full of porn? It's like, well, yes, <laughs> but it's going to be like when everybody who was decent... And good in the world, abandon MySpace. (laughs) 
It's going to be like that, but it'll be just the whole internet. So what you're saying is that the regular internet will be like the kids' table? Right. But not in that it's, like, innocent and pure or anything like that. Just that they fucked it up enough that we had to leave. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why that's making me laugh so hard. Because it's true, Aaron, and you know God it. damn it, you young kids. God, we loved the internet, and then you had to come and fuck it all up with your sparkly vampires. Sparkly vampires. Skinny and... jeans and your whiny emo bands. And look, and dropping maybe, the bases. Maybe we liked some of it. Some of it maybe we thought was okay, but you just kept pushing it. You just kept, you couldn't leave well enough alone. See now this is this is our new podcast again. This is uh the internet two. <laughs> the internet two and you. Yeah. It needs to have a rhyming catchy name. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the three E's. <laughs> yeah. It's just uh, the it's the and you uh it's in the that line of videos that we're mm-hmm. gonna and quality products we're gonna put out. <laughs> See, I kind of now want to like make some of these ridiculous products and characters and just do something ridiculous with them. Well, your students have already proven we don't have to do shit. This is true. We they... just need to talk about it and they'll make it for us. Yeah. It's like having friggin' Santa's little helpers. <laughs> I get to sit on my jolly ass while other people do a whole lot of work. Uh, <laughs> it's true for those of you that don't know what we're t- talking about check out the twitter feed uh where one of my students who apparently listens to the podcast uh created a list of the three e's and you and there are currently 17 <laughs> entries on it <laughs> you know what my favorite thing about that list <laughs> My favorite thing is they paid such good attention that the numbering on the side is actually 1B34. Anywho, your story. Every time we try to talk about my story, we start talking about fucking ease. Perhaps we need to pay more attention to what we're doing. All right, so my story about the Wolfman always seems real anticlimactic as well. Like, yeah, we're having a good time. We're having fun. Now let's talk about my story. Oh, seriousness. Oh, man. Um, So my story is about the Wolfman, and we're going to go ahead and play that right now. (laughs) Because why not? Let's do it. Because if we don't, we're never going to get there. (laughs) (laughs) It's now or never. Let's climb this mountain. Let's do it. Let's go now. And then the story will play. (laughs) (laughs) How did this episode get so badly off track? Oh my god. (laughs) The Scratch and Bite by John Jagger. I knew, even in that moment, that the beast's attack was not the act of a starving animal, but a trial by fire. Each scratch and bite, not injuries, but my own personal induction. The key to my evolution. 
There was never any thought of medical treatment for my wounds. The disease had already taken hold. In truth, it was no disease at all. It was salvation. The first victim was two months ago, the night of the full moon. A young woman, on a late-night walk, in a good neighborhood, attacked in the most vicious manner I'd seen in all my years doing this job. Her body was found just before dawn. She had been scalped, suffered hundreds of cuts all over her body, and a chunk of flesh from her arm had been bitten off. The coroner told us the cause of death was from blood loss. I already knew we were dealing with a sick individual. No sexual assault, no robbery, no connection to the victim of any kind. This was ritual. I knew it then, but I hoped I was wrong. The first woman was a baby step to my true potential. A way to dip my foot into the waters of my new life and adapt. When I charged her, she saw me as a man. She couldn't see what was inside. As the claws dug crimson lines across her skin, she began to better understand, just as I did. With each cut, I felt the beast inside me gain power and manifest stronger and stronger. She was still wriggling when I lowered my head to her arm and took my first taste of her flesh. When I felt my teeth sink suddenly and the warmth of her lifeblood welled up into my mouth, I could feel the human side retch in revulsion. It nearly made me vomit, a reminder of my weakness, of how far I still had to go. I wiped the blood from my lips, from my still human face, and so... I took my trophy from her, my new face, my mask. There was no further developments in the case, but I already suspected the truth. It was the night before the next full moon that the second body turned up. Same M.O., but more brutal. The cuts ran deeper, the bites were more numerous, and the victim left scalped. The next night, we found another victim, and the fourth the night after that. Once again, all around the full moon. That's when the papers started calling him the Wolfman, a name that I'm sure he wore with pride, if he was aware of it at all. At last, they are beginning to see me for who I really am. Each month brings more power, more time to wear my true face. Soon the man will be gone, and the wolf will be all that remains. It is my nirvana, and nothing will prevent my reaching it. The mask allows them to see me for who I truly am. The first time I slipped it on, my hands were actually trembling. It was warm and wet, and running my hands over the outside, feeling the hair damp and bloody, made my entire body tingle. The first one was not much more than a trophy, but the second I modified into an actual mask I could wear. It changed me in the same way the bite had. It made me the hunter. It showed my prey who I truly was. One man screamed, his eyes so wide with fear. 
He actually wept upon seeing me for what I really am. By the third night, the mask began to stink. A pervasive smell, no doubt heightened by my enhanced senses. Next month I will be stronger. Five nights, nearly a week. I think I will make many new masks. The pattern continued. Two nights ago, a new victim. I don't know if you've been paying attention, but it was two nights prior to the full moon. Each month, he kept going out sooner. I wasn't sure if it was simply him becoming impatient or if it was part of his ritual, but when I got the call, I wasn't surprised. I did everything I could think to try and catch him, but beyond the way they were killed and the time of the month is always in wildly different places. No correlation to age, gender, race, religion. So far, it was the very definition of random. We put out more patrols, but the only good it did was make the next victim easier to find. Tomorrow is the next full moon, the third since my change, and the time where I am the strongest. I've debated it, but I think my gift is a gift that needs to be shared. I cannot ignore my own ascension, but perhaps I should put another on the path as well. The moon is the key. Perhaps I will see if I'm given the opportunity. And if not, I guess it can wait another month. The most important part, as ever, is the hunt and the kill. It was the killer's own slip-up that caught him. It's always the way. I wish I could say it was just fine police work, but this guy hung himself. I suspect he killed someone tonight. Too much blood on him, but... I guess we'll know more about that later. Regardless, instead of slinking back off to whatever hole he crawled out of, this time he went back out. He attacked a guy, and I'm not sure if he was tired or what, but the guy got away with a few scratches and a small bite. Naturally, he called us, and I'm only a few blocks from here, so I was the first person on the scene. That's about it. The other detective wiped a hand across his forehead and let out a long sigh. Jesus, Rick, he said. I nodded, and with a grunt, I stood back up straight. My body had started to go numb leaning against the police cruiser. Of course, the blood flow shifted, and it reminded me of every little cut on my body. You gonna be alright, Rick? The detective asked, pointing towards my blood-stained coat. I just wa waved it off and started to walk away. Rick, he stopped me. I can't help but notice you didn't talk about what actually happened here, tonight. I didn't know what to say. How do you explain something like that? Shining a flashlight onto something human but missing all humanity. A person wearing another human's hair as a mask with razor blades tied to his fingertips. A man acting like an animal. I didn't need to share the story. My body said everything about it. He charged at me. For the first time in ten years of doing this job, I was too terrified to move. 
that I felt him stabbing and slashing at me, all while howling like a wolf. When I finally emptied a clip into the man's face and body, when the crimson-soaked creature stopped convulsing and choking on blood, when it was over, I don't know. How do you tell someone that it made you cry like a child? That it made you believe in monsters? Not much to say, I told him. He attacked me, and I shot him. End of story. The detective stared at me a moment, looking at me as if he knew the truth, but didn't want to say anything about it. Then he offered a small nod. Give you a lift to the hospital, at least? I knew my wounds should be looked at by a doctor. I knew I was bleeding, and it probably needed medical treatment of some kind. It was damage done, though. Bad memories that I didn't want to think about right now. I just wanted to rest. I'm fine. It's not nearly as bad as it looks, I said. I don't think he believed me, but he let me go, offering only a wave. There was paperwork to do, statements to make, but tonight I was going to sleep. I got into my car and started the engine. With a wince, I put the car into drive and headed for home under the light of a full moon. So, that was John's spectacular story this week about uh, what I think I can honestly consider to be one of the most disturbing versions of the Wolfman I have ever heard in my life. <laughs> I, I have you. heard I have heard many different versions, uh, but the the description of what you pulled together uh, genuinely made me uncomfortable uh even more so than the the letter episode that you oh wow best of intentions like that one was definitely that one creeped me out because it was just it was it disturbed me on a kind of more on a moral level i suppose would be the best way to put it right where just this person is just a awful terrifying horrible person uh but that they are honestly that they don't they don't understand or you know there's just something wrong with them in that way but this one this was just so much more than that this was one of those this was like a primal a primally disturbing element to it and uh i sat there uh, after listening to it in my car and i was like what <laughs> the hell was that <laughs> uh and uh it was it was fantastic. Thank you. Where where did you come up with the idea of wearing the scalps as the wolf mask? Um. So I was. Where the hell did that come from? <laughs> I was trying to think of like I was like, all right, so I want to write the story about a wolf man, but I don't want him to actually be a werewolf. I want him to just be a guy that got attacked by a big dog, mm -hmm. and it like. That's how I describe it, because it makes me feel less uncomfortable, because it's yeah. kind of funny. It's like, hey, he got bit by a dog, and now he's insane. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's uh, bad crap crazy. Uh, but yeah, he's this guy who, who, you know, he's crazy. He thinks he's a werewolf, um, but he's very clearly not. And so I was thinking of, like, 
All right, so what does this guy who can't actually transform do to himself to transform? Because mm-hmm. that's such a pivotal part of, you know, being a werewolf is the transformation. Yeah. And, like, I couldn't – I knew it wasn't going to be just a matter of he sees himself as the werewolf because mm-hmm. I feel like that's too – it's a little too easy. Yeah. Like, I wanted there to be a physical manifestation. And so the the early bits where he was going to tattoo, like, he was going to be viciously mauled at, at the beginning. And he was going to get every bite and scratch scar tattooed onto himself. And that was going to be a part of it, um, which I ultimately cut because I didn't think it was necessary. Mm-hmm. Um but that that was originally going to be it. And then I kind of came up with the razor blades on his fingers to make claws. Mm-hmm. Which and, is just a, a horrifying thought. Yeah. I was like, that's pretty messed up, right? That's a that's a messed up thing. Yeah, that falls into the category of messed up, I think. But when you think werewolf, like, you think Harry, mm-hmm. you know? And so I was like, well... Is there any way that he can, you know, actually, like, is he going to be wearing, like, animal skins? And I was like, that's kind of dumb. I don't want to do animal skins. And it (laughs) popped into my head of what if it was just a mask? And I pictured it in my head. It almost, like, started as just, like, somebody wearing, like, a paper bag over their head. (laughs) Because it was, like... This really rudimentary design to, like, the mask in my mind. Like, it's not some elaborate, like, wolf mask. Like, mm-hmm. it it looks crude. It looks almost comical if it wasn't so horrific. Uh-huh. And I was like, what if he scalps his victims, cuts little eye holes in the scalp, and cuts the hair to where it's, you know, not, like, you know, he can see out of it and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, like, just cuts a slit across where his mouth would be so he can, like, still bite and, you know, still get at people with his teeth because he was doing that, too. And, like, I pictured it in my head, and I was like, that is horrifying looking. Yeah. That is absolutely terrifying. And And then, I mean, not only that, but just picturing what it's like wearing that. You know, like, it's... It's gross and it's wet, and I mean, he even talks about it stinking with and <laughs> the stink that was involved, and that he was going to need to make more. It's just like, oh, yeah, no. it's just like there is nothing pleasant about it, and it was no. just horrible. And I, it popped into my head, and I was like, oh, that's god awful. I don't know if I can use that. And then because I thought that, I was like, well, now I have to use that. Yeah. Well, I just it's I imagined. Just like seeing that tearing through the darkness towards you, yeah. <laughs> just was just like yelling and howling, and the glint of those little blades on the fingers. And I was just like, "Nope, nope, I'm done imagining <laughs> that. That needs to go away now." Yeah, it's 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 one of those things. Like, there's not a lot of things that I picture that legitimately unnerve me, and. Like I said, when I picture it in my head, there is almost a comical quality. Like if somebody mm-hmm. removed the context, if somebody just mm-hmm. drew the way I picture this mask, it would be kind of funny looking. You'd be like, that's not a horror monster. Like there's mm-hmm. nothing scary about that. It looks almost too funny. Mm-hmm. But you put the hair in there where it's just wild matted hair that's bloody and uh, 
you know, just all over the place and out of control. Yeah. And you put it on this guy that is just screaming inhumanly when he's running at you. And he's just savage. Like, there's no precision about mm-hmm. his attacks. He just slashes you with, uh, I mean, just, they're not even giant razors. It's like somebody coming at you with a box cutter, except he's got mm. 10 of them. Yeah. And it's and just cutting you up. And, like, that really unnerved me. And I was like, all right, well, this is unnerving me, so I need to write this because it, I'm sure it'll unnerve someone else. Now, I have I actually had a question about the razors. Okay. Uh, did you go into thought, at least, in terms of mechanically, like, how that would work? Were they just, like, did he just, like, duct tape them to his fingers? Uh, because I was I was trying to think of the way that that would work. And, yeah, I mean, there was kind of the idea of making it kind of like a glove type of a thing. But then... It becomes too Freddy Krueger. Yeah, and then, like, the whole thing that I started kind of going in a really weird direction, kind of in common combination with the the mask and i got this idea of where he like embedded these blades into his fingers like split them down the middle <laughs> and like put them in there until they were like healed and they were just like attached in there really crudely and i was just like oh that makes me sick to my stomach yeah i thought about that as well and i wanted this guy you know if i could expand this story mm-hmm. you would see this guy the day after at work, you know, hanging out with with people at work. Um, and so I didn't want him to do anything that was crazy as far as body modification because okay. I wanted him to blend in. I wanted him to go to work the next day and seem like your average Joe. And and so ultimately, I don't think I would have gone that route, even though it was very tempting to do because yeah. I, I thought it was very frightening to think that he would just like – and maybe by the end he would have because mm-hmm. his whole vision was that it, the more I kill, the stronger I get. And when I eventually can fill up an entire month at a time, that's when the permanent transition takes place. Yeah. And so maybe when he got to the permanent um, side of, of what he believed, that would have been the case. But um, in my mind, it was very, very crude. And it was it, to me, the way it felt is he took – not even the same type of razor, like maybe some were just those square kind of razors, maybe mm-hmm. some were kind of the angular ones that you use in like box cutters and stuff like that. Yeah. And he, you know, I had some, sometimes I pictured it with like wire almost uh, just right. wrapped around and it would start at the finger and work its way all the way to the hand where he actually had it wrapped to his wrist and all of uh-huh. that as well. Um, and so sometimes it was wire, sometimes it was tape, um, but they were always to the side. There was nothing elegant about it. Like it was, it was always in my mind, very awkward and offset because, you know, you think of characters like Wolverine and stuff like that. And you've got these claws that come neatly out between the fingers and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. This isn't the case. Like to me, they're not always on the same side of the finger. They're not the same shape. They're not the same length. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's just everything about him and what he's done looks strung together and broken and shattered and elegance is not a thought at all it's simply yeah it's just like function i need claws like okay now i have them (laughs) so tying steak knives to his fingers and even his mask like i pictured like he he preferred victims with long hair because he didn't do anything immaculate to make his mask he literally would take strand chunks of hair and tie it around the back of his head 
Yeah. And I pictured even like that in places. And so everything about him was, you know, function over form, I guess you could say. Like, Mm -hmm. I need this to stay on my face. Here's the easiest way to do it. I need these to stay on my fingers. Here's the most basic way to do it possible. Yeah. So I'm even sitting here talking about it. And I'm like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the thing. I There were some... There were some things like anytime I I felt myself going towards an uncomfortable place, I was like, all right, I need to just push towards it. <laughs> just um, go toward that light, I that think, dark black little light in the middle of your soul. Yeah, I think probably the best example of that was when he describes taking his first bite out of someone's flesh. Like that was the first point where I was kind of unsettled enough to censor a little bit because mm-hmm. originally I was going to spend a lot more time talking about that. Mm-hmm. And it's already pretty graphic. You know, he talks about feeling the skin burst under his teeth like a sudden yeah. pop, and he feels like a splash of heat hitting his mouth and stuff like that. And it's a very yeah. gross description to where you think about it too much, and you're just like, oh, God, that's making me feel sick. Well, and it was even just the euphoric way in which he talked about it. It was just like that that was like the pinnacle of his life was yeah. that feeling. And that was the first, like, I was going to go on about how it smelled and how it tasted and, and spitting out the flesh because the human side couldn't bring him to do it the first night. And mm-hmm. he was going to talk more about it the second night. And that was the first time when I was writing it and I was starting to feel a little uneasy with what I was writing. And I was like, you know, maybe I don't need to, maybe I don't need to go into so much detail yeah. on this. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, that was my kind of guiding light was anytime I thought of something that unsettled me, I, I walked towards it instead of shied away from it. It's uh, an interesting and horrifying direction to go. And I love it. (laughs) And I liked being able to play with the two characters, you know, go back and forth between the detective and, and him. Mm -hmm. And it felt like a nice way to progress that story. Yeah. Uh, well, and that was actually one of the things, too, that kind of pulled a red herring on me. Uh, was I was like, okay, this is, is this, is this a different guy? Is it a split personality aspect uh, going through? And I'm like, okay, so trying to figure out. And then eventually came through, no, these are two separate guys, definitely. And then, you know, at the very end, I'm like, oh my God, is he going to end it like cyclical? Is it going to actually be something kind of viral or <laughs> whatever, where the police officer starts like going nuts as well? And so I was like, oh, oh, and then he didn't do it. And I was kind of like, I'm kind of glad he didn't go that way oh, because well. I think it would have, you know, I mean, it's, it's for, for where you were lengthwise. I wasn't sure if it could have, like, it wouldn't have been much more than just, like, a little dangling teaser at the end. And if you were going to do it that way, I think it would have needed to be a lot more Well, I'll say this. Devoted. The teasers are definitely in there because mm. I, I, I don't... I knew that when people read it, they would probably think or at least wonder for some time, is the cop the killer... Or are are these going to end up being the same people, or are they going to be different people? Mm-hmm. I I thought that that might come into play. Um, I let you and uh, another person read it prior mm-hmm. to 
you know, prior to getting to this point. And both of you had the same reaction where it was, you know, I was wondering if they were the same person for a while. If I had yeah. had more time to to go back and, and spend working on it, I probably would have made it clearer. I actually am working on an alternate version of it right now, and it actually mm-hmm. opens with the cop after killing him. Mm-hmm. That's actually where it opens. Okay. Um, just to make it super clear, because while I don't mind people wondering whether or not they're the same person, I don't think that hurts the story necessarily. Mm-hmm. If you're spending the entire story wondering about it, then it might be a little more distracting than I want it to be. You know, understandable. So that's one thing I would change. However, I did very intentionally put in some extremely subtle clues mm-hmm. that the detective might start acting the same way as the killer yeah and, and i picked up a couple things that i was like huh and that kind of you know led me to believe that that was a possibility but the part of me was also like well i don't know i don't I, know if he's gonna go with it with the length there i wanted people to wonder about it um I, and that Mission was accomplished. that was my goal and that's why i didn't want to do anything overt and so the the big mm-hmm. hints that i put in there is the story opens uh, with the journal of the killer, and he talks about knowing that he should go seek medical attention and choosing not to. Mm-hmm. At the very end, you have the cop who knows he should go seek medical attention and chooses not to. Mm-hmm. And it's just just knowing, even though they make it and they justify it in different reasons, one's very clearly already insane when he makes the decision. One seems to at least be somewhat rational um in his decision making but just knowing that they're making the same decision i figured would plant a little bit of a hint of i wonder if they're going you know i wonder if they're going to go down the same path it's going to be the same route yeah i put that in there i put a big emphasis on the crazy guy truly believing that the key was getting scratched and bit on the night Mm -hmm. of the full moon yeah and have him fully believe it so that maybe the reader might believe it too uh, which, hey, all of you are crazy. That's got, That guy was crazy. Why are you buying into his stories? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I wanted you to. So, um, so, so who's crazier? I know, really. The crazy person, the crazy people that believe the crazy people, or the crazy person who wanted the crazy people to believe the crazy people? Me. I win. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the last thing was, you know, having a big focus on the moon. Like, you know, mm-hmm. having... Having that be a factor at the end, just a little reminder and and just kind of, you know, pointing out that like, hey, here's a here's a focus. And so I wanted it to be super vague and super subtle. I don't know which way I would go because there's a part of me that really likes the idea of just the the guy being totally crazy. Mm hmm. But then there is also something in this case that is legitimately very terrifying to find out. No, there's really something there. Like, yeah, there's... it's like, um, wait, <laughs> what is actually happening here? This is this something that can actually be spread? What's happening? And if that's the case, now there's two of them because there's the other guy who got away. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, so I I find that very exciting to to get into that of you know, what if this is a legitimate you know, if, even if it's just a disease or something like that, mm-hmm. but. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad you picked up on that because, you know, I was worried that I might have been too vague or too overt, and I, I feel like it ultimately landed in just the right place because everyone I've talked to has been like, I, 
I got the feeling, but I wasn't sure, and and I don't think you went for it, but mm-hmm. maybe you did. I don't know. There wasn't enough time to really <laughs> find out. So that's that's right where I wanted it to be. Well, good. I would say you, you were successful in your mission if that was the direction that you were going to go, because that was definitely the direction that I went with it. So yeah. kudos to you, my friend. I just wanted you to think about it. I didn't want you to know, <laughs> but I wanted it to enter into your mind. Because, I mean, to me, and I'm sure there's going to be people that hear it that are like, oh, that never occurred to me. But to mm-hmm. me, my big thing is I just wanted you to consider it. Like, mm-hmm. even for a couple seconds, I wanted you to consider, like, the possibility. So mm-hmm. if I got that, I'm a happy man. Well, you definitely got that, so be happy. I am happy, and I'm going to go Good. talk about it on my blog on the second internet. <laughs> the one that's only for adults. Right. Adults only. kids. <laughs> stupid kids. Teenagers kids. and their stupid teenagery things. Yeah, let's put up more <laughs> cat videos. Teenagers. Oh, my. <laughs> All right, well... That's uh, that's our two stories this week. We didn't get any stories from anybody else yet. Oh. I know. I'm bummed too. Send us your stories. We really do want to read them. It's We find it incredibly awesome when you guys submit to us or uh, knowing that in some way, even if you don't send us a story, uh, any kind of contact from you guys out there is really awesome. Just... Let's us know that there's somewhere out there somewhere in the wide universe. Stop, there. void. Stop <laughs> uh, <laughs> that somewhere uh, out there that there is a someone who we have been like, hey, I liked that idea, or that story was kind of somewhat okay. Uh, that kind of a thing. Even if you were just completely apathetic, you're like, right. I listened to your story. John, then, you I know heard what? your That's story. That's good enough for Wasn't us. Wasn't Aaron's fantastic? <laughs> You know what, man? I think that out of the two, I think that this week your story was definitely better than mine. Oh, I don't agree with you. Nah, Which dude. makes I don't know. Maybe that makes this the best week ever because we both think the other person's story is better. <laughs> There's no like secret like we do our show and we're like, all right, have a good night, man, and then we both walk away. He he he! I won the week. <laughs> <laughs> Should implement a tally board. So who won the story today? And the week is mine. <laughs> All right, Sean. <laughs> um, man, I'm excited. Uh, we're about to get into our final uh, horror story for Horror Month. This is it. This is the big one. The big one. The big one. <laughs> that was terrible. That's what the guy sounded like. Oh, okay. Now that story's not scary to anybody. He's nope. like, I'm going to kill you, Aru. <laughs> What's that? That's my werewolf voice. It's Nixon from Aru. Aru. <laughs> um, no, I'm super excited because uh, this week's topic is horror. Just plain absolute horror. Uh to celebrate the end of Horror Month, um, I'm giving us freedom to write about whatever we want within the horror genre. And word length is whatever we want. Oh, man. 
but you have to have it done in time. Yes. <laughs> That's the restriction. Okay. That's the the it's a time restriction yeah. rather than a it's word restriction. all about time. Okay. I'm for that. I think um, I can I can get behind that one. Because, yes, I know both you and I would be the same way where it's like, well, time to work on that novel. <laughs> it's going to make it really freaking long. My story for this week is roughly 200 pages. So settle in. <laughs> Last episode of Horror. For volume one. Six episodes long. Um... But that's not the only thing I'm excited about. Because what else are you excited about? I have not even told you this, Aaron. Oh, and now snap. I'm going to share it with you at the same time as everybody else. There's going to be wait. some cool changes once we're out of Horror Month. Cool changes? I have cool new ideas for ways to come up with topics. Oh, I've got I'm, some I'm liking crazy this. new topic ideas. I've got some crazy new curveballs to throw you as far as writing curveballs curveballs and we're gonna get into all of that once horror month is done and i probably shouldn't have said that because now people are like i wish this stupid month was over (laughs) it's gonna be over soon people i don't know i think the fact that we tease the fact that we're going to write the absolute scariest horror stories that we feel that we can within the time limit uh i think that that should be enough to uh, to entice people to to listen, can I entice you with one of my ideas and curveballs that I have coming yeah, up? Yeah, by all means. All right. So one of the ideas is the topic is going to be a different topic for each of us. So it's not okay. going to be where we're working on the same thing. Okay. We are going to take the story or a story that the other person has done already. Okay. And use that as the topic to build a new story. Not the topic that that story was based on. So the story itself? The story itself is the guideline to a new story. And it's going to be for the other person. So you have to pick from something I've done before, and I have to pick from something you've done before. I like this complication. It's complicated. It me. And it's exciting. It's it going to be a lot of me. fun. So that's that's coming up at some point. I can't even say that it'll necessarily be November, but Aaron seems intrigued, so it'll probably be in November. <laughs> um, so uh, I mean, that's just one of the ideas. We got lots of ideas. Um, so that's that's both our stories. That's what we've got coming up. Aaron, I I think this might be a show. I think it's a show. Let's make it a show. Let's make it a show. Let's ring the bell. We don't have a bell, but if we did, we would ring it when we got to the end of the show. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Aaron, before I fall into any more flights of fancy about hitting things that are metal with other things. That may or may not be metal. That may may be of a different composition. (laughs) Why don't you uh, get us out of here? Folks, this has been episode 14 of Parallel Words. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. Please remember you can always subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. You can also listen to us on our website, which is parallelwordscast.blogspot.com. If you want to get in contact with us, you can email us 
at parallelwordscast at gmail.com or you can get a hold of us on Twitter at parallelwordspc. Or you can just howl at the moon and eventually we will uh well eventually we'll we'll find you. I sense I'm being called. I'm being summoned as we speak. No, I'm I'm really not. I think I'm just gassy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho. Thanks for sharing, Heron. You're welcome. I found it appropriate. So for parallel words. My name is Aaron Green. I'm John Jagger. Saying goodbye and hello, as always. Hello! Goodbye. Boosh.